0: You're listening to The Geek Watch Podcast, Episode 53. Leslie Jones goes off on Twitter, plus Brian's review of Glass.
1: This is The Geek Watch Podcast with Brian Hatcher and Mandy Ventry.
0: Greetings, Geek Watchers, and welcome to Episode 53 of the Geek Watch Podcast. I'm Brian Hatcher, and with me, as always, Geek Watch's own resident geek goddess, Mandy Petrie. Hello,
1: Brian.
0: Well, a little bit of news today. Of course, we record on Thursday, Mm -hmm. and yesterday they've started principal photography for this season of Doctor Who. Yay!
1: Yes. Way to go. Jodie Whittaker, who just got done with an interview on a podcast with David Tennant. Mm -hmm. So perfect timing.
0: Yep. They're back at it. No date yet about when they're going to be back on the air, but everything that we've heard so far, it won't be until 2020.
1: Hey, I'm fine. As long as I know they're out there getting it done. I'm excited.
0: So it'll be interesting to see what they've taken away from the last season and what changes they may make to this season and how it'll be different. And of course, like I've said, Usually the first season with any new Doctor is always the shakiest one because they're learning how to write to the strengths of the actor. Mm -hmm. And now that they know Jodie very well, the second season with her should be amazing. And now that they've kind of broken away from, hey, let's not use any of the old Who, now that they've brought the Daleks in and now that they've let Jodie stand on her own with her own adventures, now you can kind of dip back into some of the classics that we're used to. Mm -hmm. Now, something else I read... I was reading an article about uh, Walking Dead, and they're talking about the second part of the season. Anne Heard, basically, in the article, said that we are, in the next half season, going to see the festival.
1: Oh, yes. The the fair. The, yeah. yeah.
0: Which, I'm not going to go into a whole lot of details. If you've not read the comics, I'm not wanting to spoil anything. But that's not a good thing.
1: No. Oh, it seemed like such a happy thing. You know, festivals and... Getting together and trading wares. And- well,
0: you do know this is The Walking Dead, right?
1: Oh, yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> well, the, the reference that I. I'll just say this much because this was a reference that was brought up in the article. And I think it's a reference that's going to be more to you than to me because I don't. Currently, I don't watch uh, Game of Thrones. But they. Uh-oh. Red Wedding was something that they.
1: Oh, no. No. <laughs>
0: I, I guess that that's a bad thing. I've read the comic, so <laughs> oh. I'm. I can only assume that that it, that whatever happened in the red wedding, man.
1: Well, like I know I, it's
0: become a meme. So yeah,
1: I didn't read. I didn't read the books, so the red wedding hit me like mm-hmm. a brick. I uh, did not see it coming. It happened, and I was just floored, and I looked like those memes. Like what? Yeah, I just yeah. cannot believe that it had, that had happened.
0: Well, from what I've seen in the comics, as far as the, the fair. Let's just say this, and this is something you should know by now. Obviously, you've been watching The Walking Dead for a while. If you're happy that your favorite character has managed to squeak past things so far, don't get too attached, because we're going to lose some of your favorite characters. No. Uh,
1: as long as they keep Daryl's dog, I think I'll be okay.
0: Yeah, well, you know, that's the question. Can you? <laughs> supposedly, you you can't kill kids and dogs, but this is The Walking Dead. Would they go down that road?
1: Oh, they've been um, killing kids since episode one, so uh, yeah. <laughs> won't be surprised about that. But Yeah, the
0: the, the little girl uh zombie. Mm-hmm. You know, I, right off the gate they're like, just just so you understand, we we ain't playing.
1: That's the first one you see.
0: The truth is there's gonna be some deaths that are gonna hit pretty hard and it's gonna hit some of the other characters, especially with the way that things have been set up on the television show. There are gonna be a lot of broken hearts. We'll definitely mm-hmm. we'll just leave it at that. And I'm thinking, it's February? Isn't February about the time when the the new Walking Dead supposed to start up? Is yeah. it February? So, yeah, I was
1: thinking it was like something along the lines of the 18th.
0: I think so. So two
1: eighteen. That sounds
0: yeah. So um, of course, when it comes back up, we'll uh, have a lot of bad news to report. And I'm we'll sure have some more
1: what the dead and
0: absolutely. Yep. So we'll we will see what mm-hmm. happens. Uh, it won't be good. I mean, if you're watching the Walking Dead, it's not for all the happy endings, <laughs> obviously. <sighs> Now, one thing I, I did want to talk about today is they've reported uh, 20th Century Fox and uh, the New Mutants that apparently it's not going into the theaters like we thought. They're mm. going to be releasing it in Hulu. Oh, okay. So, one thing about Hulu is now that Netflix has raised their price on their monthly service, mm-hmm. Hulu has dropped their subscription price down to five bucks. Wow. So... That's kind of opened a few things up for, um, I think, more people to maybe go to Hulu. Mm-hmm. And Hulu does well with films. So I don't think that New Mutants necessarily is just going to drop off the planet. No one's going to see it. Mm-hmm. But one thing that has happened is a lot of the movies that Fox had planned, like the X Force film, all that stuff's been taken off. Uh, mm-hmm. They're not going to do them. So, and that was even after. I think even Rob Liefeld on Twitter was talking about, oh, there's going to be an X-Force movie. And he was really excited about it. And, But, uh, yeah, that's it's just not going to happen. So hmm. I guess somebody sent Sentinels over to uh, Fox to kill all the mutant projects.
1: Yeah. <laughs> pretty much so.
0: <laughs> so I think that probably New Mutants is going to be the last that we're going to see of Fox Prime before... The transfer of the characters is going to happen, you know, and, and the merger is going to, you know, will take effect this year.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But I wouldn't expect that we're going to see the X-Men or the Fantastic Four anytime in this next phase of Marvel. I think this is something that's going to, they're going to be working on and developing. And that's going to be down the road. I would be surprised if we see anything from the old Fox properties. Earlier than the next two years, mm-hmm. I'm thinking it's probably twenty twenty two before we're going to see any of those characters really i we might see hints of things, mm-hmm. but I don't really see you know any x men properties or the Fantastic Four popping up before twenty twenty two at the at the very earliest i would say, so that'll be about it for now as far as Fox is concerned, so enjoy new mutants and yeah. uh on on Hulu one thing I did want to talk about today. Uh, even though it's – and and I wanted to get your opinions on some of this. It's, uh, But something happened over the weekend. Uh, we talked about the Ghostbusters film uh, that was announced mm-hmm. uh, with Jason Reitman directing. And I've heard some rumors of different things about the film. There was talk, and I don't know – like I said, it, this is speculation. I'm not sure exactly where this source came from. So, I mean, take this with a grain of salt. But the talk was that possibility that the main characters in this movie are going to be kids. A young boy and a young girl, specifically.
1: Kind of like the Goonies, but Ghostbusters? Yeah, I think okay. so.
0: Which could be good, could be a train wreck, we don't know. <laughs> <laughs> this is the Ghostbusters. However, after the after the Ghostbusters movie and the, the teaser trailer came out this weekend, uh, Leslie Jones jumped up on Twitter and she wasn't happy about this new ghostbusters movie i can't really read verbatim what she put in twitter because there was some language mm-hmm. and of course we're a we're the all ages show so there was some f-bombs dropped mm-hmm. and some other things yes. but she the, the general part of it is she she was hoping this wasn't going to turn into a, a guy's only ghostbusters she brought up donald trump in these tweets you know she said that she said that this was well, garbage, you know, that this whole thing was terrible, that they would do this, that her cast had been pushed aside. And, uh, she, like I said, she wasn't very happy about it. Uh, did you get a chance to see me? I any did.
1: Of this? And I, I didn't get exactly that from it. What I kind of felt like she was saying was, uh, you're calling this Ghostbusters 3 and you're not even acknowledging what mm. we had done. And um, the. We even made a movie. And so, and, and that would be, and if they are, you know, and say this is our different universe, you know, that's fine and everything. Uh, but, you know, kind of seeing where, you know, she is coming from, it's kind of along the lines of, uh, when Ripple Wilson said, I'm the first plus size woman to uh star in a romantic comedy right and you know then all these other actresses said no we have ricky lake we have queen latifah we have so many other people and you're you're ignoring their accomplishments right and kind of you know like that pushing them to the side so that's kind of what i got from her is like you know you're not even
0: acknowledging that we that we did something right and this movie, from what I understand, it's going back to the original universe. Now, of mm-hmm. course, the Ghostbusters 2016 film was, in a sense, its own thing, which they did that on purpose. Mm-hmm. That it's not a part of the previous universe. This new movie, since it is part of the previous universe, in a sense, you could call it. It's a the
1: sequel to Ghostbusters too. Exactly.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, I don't want you to get the idea that, uh, or any, you know, any of the geek watchers out there, that I have a problem with. Leslie Jones expressing her opinions uh, ever, and I certainly uh, wouldn't say that. Hey, you know, she needs to shut up about about all this because there's enough of that in um, in our society now, and and way too much of that. Mm -hmm. I would say, however, that going on social media is very much like disciplining your children. You shouldn't do it when you're mad. You Uh, should wait till mm -hmm. you calm down a little bit first, and. Like I said, I completely understand why Leslie Jones got upset. I mean, let's face it. They caught so much grief from the moment the trailer came out. Mm -hmm. All they did was catch grief. And yeah, there was a lot of people online... Going, well, you know, girl Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm.
1: And Ghostbuster bashing. And, yeah. yeah. And
0: mm-hmm. Leslie Jones got it worse than anything because not only did they go after her sex, they went after her race. I mean, right. they, people were calling her a monkey on, uh, on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. And she had to, so, she shut down her her Twitter account for, you know, for a long time because mm-hmm. of, of the harassment. Bringing this up again, of course, brought more of that kind of harassment to her. But... There are a couple of things that I noticed about all of this and, and certain perceptions and viewpoints that I have about it. As far as doing a new Ghostbusters, it's not like they were going to revisit the 2016 cast because to be honest, the movie didn't do that well. Right. I mean, it, it didn't never, didn't make
1: the money that you it know, didn't it make the money to...
0: they were expecting. Now, I think eventually it broke even to a point where it didn't cost. There's a perception that Ghostbusters lost money. And if you look at the total gross, it made its money back. But I mean, it never broke number two, and it's a Ghostbusters film. It was a film that had its flaws, and we're not going to go over that again. We've Mm -hmm. talked about that before on the podcast. And to be honest, even if they were going to bring the old cast back, I I don't see Leslie Jones joining them, because she took so much grief the last time, I don't see herself putting it through again. I mean, basically what she was saying was, they shouldn't be doing a film at all. And I think part of it was a a worry that if they do an all-male cast and it does well, then they're going to go back... And again, say, well, that's because they were all guys. That's This is what happens, mm-hmm. which is completely wrong. Like we've talked about on this show, the problem wasn't the cast. Some people had a problem with the cast, but the issues with the movie, and I think why it ultimately did not succeed to the level that they wanted it to, had other issues. Mm-hmm. But it's certainly a situation where they're not going back and doing 2016 Ghostbusters or doing a sequel to it. But the truth is, I didn't have as much of a problem with her going on Twitter And fuming, as I think some people did, because like I said, it's not like I don't understand why she was upset.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: It makes perfect sense to me. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, and I've said this about a lot of situations online, sometimes you have to look at when you go online and you're going to say something, what is the effect that you're looking for? What is it that you're hoping will happen? And if you kind of lose sight of that and you go set off some social bombs, Mm -hmm. And, you know, sometimes you do more harm than good to what it, what it is you're trying to do. If you're not thinking about doing anything except, like I said, fuming at people, you don't really get too far with it. But that was Leslie Jones' decision to make. She made the the choices that she made. She expressed herself. I certainly feel like she has the right to express herself in, in whatever fashion that she chooses. And I hope that she got the results that she wanted for doing that. And I, I don't fault her for what she had to say, what she felt like she had to say. So um, any thoughts uh, from your end on? Um, um,
1: on- you know, just the, the kind of the same thing as, you know, them like kind of just brushing it off and, and not acknowledging. Because uh, one thing I really feel, you know, good or bad, whatever about the 2016 movie. I mean, I thoroughly enjoyed it, but uh, that's just me. But um, it did, what I feel, ignite uh, the love of Ghostbusters again. Mm-hmm. and i'm not sure that ghostbusters 3 would have gone ahead if they didn't have the 2016 and maybe it is out of a vindictive nature well now we have to make up for it and make this movie make a better movie right. uh, and that could be but um you know that i'm involved with the charity organizations of ghostbusters right and so i am always excited that anytime there's more Ghostbusters. I don't, even, I don't even play video games, but when the Ghostbusters video game came out, I was really excited about it uh, because it's another thing that sparks it. And so anything that does happen with the Ghostbusters, I just hope that um, the people, the fans, still love it and still, you know, will will come out and support, you know, no matter what.
0: I, I, I feel absolutely the same mm-hmm. way. And so... Of course as we get more news about this Ghostbusters film and of course we'll talk about it here on the Geek Watch podcast. Yep. Now, I want to finish up today. I got to see Glass. We had talked about that yes. uh, uh-huh. when we go. And I'm I'm going to kind of give you my spoiler-free review on it. Okay. One thing, of course, if you've jumped up on Rotten Tomatoes or you've been keeping up with reviews, this is a very polarizing film. Either people really like this film or they really, really hated it.
1: Okay, so tell me the people who really, really like it are they generally M. Night Shyamalan fans? They like all his movies, happening signs, all of it? Or. Well, I
0: think they're definitely people who are more familiar with the M. Night Shyamalan mm-hmm. films. M. Night Shyamalan has a certain style of filmmaking and he's really into character studies. And you learn a lot about the characters, and the, the characterizations are more important than the action. If you're expecting a ton of explosions, <laughs> literally and figuratively, you're going to be disappointed, let's just say. Okay. Because it's more personal about these three characters, these three metahumans. mm mm-hmm. And... It's a slower burn, but if you've watched Unbreakable and you've watched Split, this is something you're used to. That's one thing I'll I'll mention, because I know we had talked about this before. I don't know if we talked about this on air, but I I think it was was you and me and Kevin. We were Mm -hmm. out, and we were talking about going to see Glass, and you said, do I need to have seen Unbreakable and and Split? mm -hmm. And I can say after seeing Glass, yeah, you absolutely need to see those films. right. You will go into it blind? No, not okay. at all, because a lot of this stuff is not going to have any significance to you. Okay. It really does build on those first two movies. And if you haven't seen them, there's a lot of stuff in this film that's not going to make sense. Now, I have very often said that a film needs to stand on its own. Mm-hmm. And usually a film that can't stand on its own, is it's a big negative to me. But I think films have changed. And I think a a lot of that has to do with these series that we have now in films. You know, most films, you don't even think of just a a single standalone film. You're looking at a franchise. And and especially Mm -hmm. something as big as like the Marvel films. There's several films, you know, a series of films that build. They have their phases. And, of course, all the films have been building up to Thanos and, and the Infinity War and all of that. And so having a movie that depends on other movies carry its narrative, it's not a new thing now. And so it doesn't really bother me so much that, you know, somebody who's never seen the films could, if they go to see Glass, a lot of it's not Mm -hmm. going to make sense to them.
1: Like if you go to see Godfather 2, you'll be fine if you've never seen Godfather. Right. You can watch those out of order.
0: Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. But yeah, with Glass, if you've not seen the first two movies, there's no point in going to see Glass. Mm -hmm. Now, something else I will definitely say, and I can see why this might be polarizing to people, is the ending I'd say, like, the last 20 minutes of the movie.
1: Like most M. Night Shyamalan films? (laughs) Yeah.
0: Because here's the thing. M. Night Shyamalan has, for good or bad, become known for the person who writes twist endings into his films. Mm -hmm. And Glass actually has two twist endings. There Mm -hmm. there are two twists in this Mm -hmm. film. And like M. Night Shyamalan, sometimes his twists work, like in The Sixth Sense, and sometimes they don't, like a lot of other films, like The Village, etc. In Glass, there are two twists. One of them works... And one of them absolutely doesn't.
1: Oh, man.
0: And the reason for that is because the one twist that works, there's lead up to it. In other words, it's a twist you could see coming if you were observant. Okay. Just like The Sixth Sense. The twist ending to that, if you go back and watch the film, you're like, they were indicating this thing the whole time. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's a good twist. But the second twist in Glass is something that there's no indication this is going to happen. And you don't know until it happens. Okay. And for all the geek watchers out there that may be writers, let me uh, take an aside here to talk about twist and how to create a good one. And where I learned to do good twist, I learned from a board game called Dixit. And Dixit basically is a game where there are these cards that have these very surreal scenes drawn on them. Strange, surreal artwork. And so when it's your turn, you decide which one of these cards you want to play. And you don't show it to anybody, but you say a word or you make a sound or a gesture to indicate what's on the card. And then what other people do is from their hands, they try to come up with cards that might indicate the same thing in an attempt to swerve the other players. Because each player is trying to figure out which card is the correct one. Now, in Dixit, you could be very obscure and do something that has nothing to do with that card to throw everybody off. But in the game, if... Nobody figures out which card's yours, you don't get any points. Hmm. And if everybody figures out which card is yours, you don't get any points. You only Mm -hmm. get points if some of the people figure it out and some of the people don't. And I think twists are the same way. Okay. A lot of people like M. Night Shyamalan and I think J.J. Abrams many times falls into the same trap. And I think with J.J. Abrams, it's because when he was a kid, he was really into magic. And in magic, you want to fool everybody. Mm -hmm. But here's the thing. When you do a twist, I think if everybody figures out your twist before it happens, it's a bad thing. And I think everybody would agree with that. But at the same time, I think if nobody figures out your twist, it's also a bad thing. Uh, mm -hmm. Because if nobody figures out your twist, that means that there's not enough clues. There's not enough justification for that twist. I think if it's there, there are going to be people who figure you out. And I think that if some people are able to figure out the twist, but others don't, I think that's the sweet spot. And the thing is, I know some people might get the idea, well, if somebody figures out your twist, they're going to be disappointed in the movie. And I disagree with that, because I think the people who get disappointed in twists that they figure out are the ones that are so obvious and blatant that everybody's going to figure it out. Mm -hmm. I think that if it's a good twist and the clues are there, Mm -hmm. but they're skillfully put in where somebody might not notice them, but somebody who is smart enough to put the pieces together and they do figure out the twist, they're not disappointed Mm -hmm. they're actually feel good about it because they figured it out Mm -hmm. and they know it's not something that anybody would have figured out and they get a little dose of dopamine. So yeah, they, where they get a different experience with this twist than somebody who, who doesn't see it. And then they go back and go, Oh my God, I should have seen this." this they can enjoy the cleverness of it and how it slipped by them. But the people who are able to figure it out, they get that dose of dopamine and they feel good about themselves because they were able to figure it out. And it wasn't easy to figure out. Mm -hmm. So it's a different experience. But honestly, with a twist, I think what a lot of young writers do and and inexperienced writers, and sometimes even pros get – obviously, some pros get caught in this also – is they get so wrapped up in covering up the twist so that nobody figures it out that they basically – it's not something that anybody was going to catch. In other words, they, they cheated in a real sense uh, because yep. they didn't put enough mm-hmm. clues out there to allow somebody to figure it out because they're afraid that somebody's going to figure it out. And like I said, if it's a good twist, there will be people in your audience that figure it out, but it's not, it's not a bash against you. It's, it's just a different experience for them. Mm-hmm. As long as it's a, a, a good twist done well and it plays fair. But it's not, like I said, blatantly obvious where anybody could figure it out. Then the people who do figure it out, of course, are going to feel great about it. And the people who didn't, they're going to love the, you know, the subtlety of it and hitting themselves like, oh, God, I should have mm-hmm. seen it. So, like I said, in Glass, you had two of them. You had one that there was enough information where you could have figured out the twist and that it was a good one. And then you had one that there was absolutely no indication that the twist was coming like like in the the village. The twist at the end of the village. I mean there was nothing in the entire movie that indicated that this was what was going on. Mm-hmm. So there was no way you were going to figure it out. And you didn't have to do much I would say in class. There there could have been things that just little asides they could have put in that would have indicated the twist. Okay. But they didn't do it because he he just wanted to make sure that it was kept secret. And mm-hmm. so they didn't talk about any of it and they just kind of hit you with it at the end, but it's that there's nothing fulfilling about that. It just feels like something that it gets tacked on at the end, even though a lot of the plot has to do with this little twist. But there's, like I said, there's no indication of, I'm trying to be very subtle here because I don't mm-hmm. want to go, I, I don't want to spoil that for anybody what the twist is. But a lot of the things that are motivated in the plot are because of this situation. That's the twist. But there's nothing to indicate that this is what's going on, and so and there's no there's no signpost anywhere in the movie, and so in a sense it does feel kind of tacked on at the end. Mm. But like I said, I mean I can see why some people going into this film, especially if they're used to Marvel superhero films, that they're look at this and this is not what I'm used to. Well, no, it (laughs) isn't. This is something completely different. Mm -hmm. But again, that's why people who are into the M Night Shyamalan films, I think. Why they probably enjoy this film more if they've seen Unbreakable and they've seen Split and they have an idea of what they were getting into. And again, if people who hadn't seen Unbreakable or Split and then they go in in hopes of getting a Marvel superhero movie and they don't get that yeah. and they're not sure why people care about certain things and who's this person and why does this matter? And you know, what's this all about? And how did this happen? And, and they're not. Again, they're not trying to spoon-feed the plot to you, although there are certain flashbacks and things that I think if you're careful and paying attention, there are certain aspects of the film I think you can catch up with if you haven't seen the first two. But it's just really not that effective if you haven't seen the first two films. But again, this is a film, I think, depending on who sees it, can be very polarizing Hmm. because there's a lot of stuff that was going on in Unbreakable and a lot of stuff that was going on in Split – and you're basically taking the plots of two different films and you're putting them together. And in some, t- in some places, it can feel like there's a lot going on. It can feel a little bloated. But for me, I, I didn't feel that. I was interested in the plot lines throughout the film. But if you have seen Unbreakable and Split, I feel like this is a nice ending of this trilogy. Because it does bring to an end these these plot lines in these two films. And in a sense it does open up. I guess if they wanted to continue in this world they could. Although to my mind, I think they've closed it in a in a real sense. I think it'd be stretching. I mean, it would need to be I think if there are any other films that take place in this world, they need to be their own thing. Mm. But and it would I mean, you'd have to build a new story. I I think to my mind, I think it's probably best to to let this be the ending of this storyline and for M. Night Shyamalan to explore other pastures. I think he's said all that he can really say in this world without, like I said, coming up with something else to say, I think. so, But um, I enjoyed it. I definitely did. And, of course, we're, we're going to uh, get some new movies down the road in February and March, and as we check them out, of course, we will talk about them. Oh, yeah. And so with that said, we come to the end of episode 53 of the Geek Watch podcast. Thank you for listening and tune in next week for the latest in geek news and views with the Geek Watch Podcast. For Mandy Petrie, this is Brian Hatcher reminding all the geek watchers out there, we're all geeky about something. Be proud of yours. See you next time. Thank you for listening to the Geek Watch Podcast. If you enjoyed this program, don't forget to like and subscribe on your preferred platform and share this podcast on your social media. For links to all the ways you can listen to the Geek Watch Podcast, as well as leave comments and suggestions, visit our website at geekwatch.net. The Geek Watch Podcast is a Hanging jay production.